0: St. Patrick's Day, March seventeenth, nineteen seventy-five. March eighteenth, nineteen seventy-five. Jean didn't show up last night.
1: News as it happens. Next scheduled news at eleven o'clock over WOR Radio seven ten, the Talk of New York. And now, Jean Shepard.
0: Chief is on hand here, and ready to take over the controls of life and existence, truth and beauty, and all those other good things. Uh, If I may uh, just uh, uh, interject a uh, a personal remark here. A kid wrote me a letter, and he says, uh,
1: Shepard, how come
0: they don't work out a system where only intelligent people run the country? I thought about that for a while. I said, well, yeah, you know, we intelligent people should be in charge. Uh, it would be a better world, wouldn't it? Don't you believe that? That if we intelligent people uh, let's let's do something very seriously now tonight. Uh, we haven't we haven't just laid the cards on the table recently, and I think it's time to lay a few of those cards right on the old table. Would you please? Uh... That's right. That's the kind of thing that means the cards are on the table. And now tonight we're going to take a very special moment out of our time here on this concerned radio station. ...as part of our vast public service programming. And tonight, we would like to take a brief moment of silence. A brief moment of introspection, introspection, looking deep into your soul. And tonight, I want you to say, thank God, I'm one of the intelligent, sensitive people. Thank the stars that be. Thank the forces that lie beyond the outermost stretches of the cosmos... made me an intelligent, sensitive human being, one of the worthwhile, concerned people. And so tonight, we'd like to salute all the worthwhile, concerned, intelligent people, wherever they might be. And of course, that puts all of us here, else why would we be here at this time, listening to this and talking like this, right? And so, we have much to give thanks for. You could have been one of those thick-necked, cabbage-headed krauts striding along Route 22, looking for nothing but the next McDonald's, belching and drinking beer. But look at how beautiful you are and how you turned out.
1: My God, we're lucky.
0: Thank you. That's very nice. Would you please keep that last chord for me, Herb? That last chord, just the last chord, the religious one. You know, the sound of of a mighty Bachian organ rising Beseeching the heavens to give us sustenance, give us a note of truth or something. You know, speaking of uh, Bachian organs and the great, uh, the great religious revival that is sweeping our country of one kind or another. The other day, I am driving along a highway in a southern state which will go unnamed, and I love to listen to. I love to listen to the radio way down at the at the. Uh, Way down at the, uh, let's put it this way, the slum end of the dial. Now, let's face it, friends, that, that even the even the radio dials of our world are separated into the haves and the have-nots. You do agree. And, uh, oh, yes, you can tell those big mighty voices sitting right in the middle of the dial radiating 50,000 watts, squatting like gigantic electronic toads in the middle of this, this kilocycle pond, this Belting out the big stuff And then it begins to dribble off On either ends of the scale uh, And as it dribbles as the, as, the higher, as the numbers get higher and higher And the birdies get louder and louder And as the, uh, as the uh, QRM And the, uh, the sound of interfering police calls Get more and more You get way down in the bottom of the dial there Where you get these little great stations That keep fading in and out And I'm driving along At maybe 1, 2 o'clock in the morning In this southern state Just the other night and I've got my radio turned way down at the at that end of the dial. You could hear those police calls coming in and out in the birdies. You could hear Cuban jamming stations coming in. You could hear guys, you know, off and distance saying, now I want to tell you that if you cannot, if I repeat, if you cannot get credit
2: anywhere, if you've been turned down on credit any place, you just send your name and address to the following
0: address, S-H-Y-L-O-K, Shylock, Shylock." Send it in care of this radio station, and we will send you $300 on your signature only. There will be no endorsements necessary. If you've been turned... I'm listening to this, you know, this is kind of great. And, uh, you know, this is, this is where, where life is vibrant and real. It's got a kind of richness to it. And about 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm curdling along through the darkness in the southern state, and I hear amid all the birdies and whistles, I hear the sound of a choir... A transcribed choir, I could tell, because they had a very distinct "wow" on the uh, second and third choruses of what they were singing, and they were singing in those high, quavering, nasal voices. Rock of ages, clear for me. La
2: da La la di. La da dee dee la
0: da dee, rock of ages, and I'm sitting there. This has got to be, you know, it, just the way it came on. It came out with a plaintive wail, and it was, it was, it sounded like three Maybell Carter's playing cigar box banjos, singing "Rock of Ages," and then they finished singing. Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Pregnant pause, and I heard this voice come on. (coughs) Good evening, electronic
2: Electronic radio radio parishioners parishioners of the Church Church of the Flaming Bugle. 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 Tonight, I take my my text. text from real life, from the life that all of us live and that all of us exist under. Tonight, I want to talk about what is happening to America's highways and God's word. I was driving along 441, not more than an hour and a half ago, when what cut me off and ran right in front of me but one of them little French cars, A French French automobile automobile on a good American highway. highway. Now, I've been been to France... And I know what kind of people them French people are drinking and carousing around, girls running around half-dressed. This is a licentious nation, and yet those French automobiles are driving on good American highways while American workers, good workers under the red, white, and blue are unemployed and they're not selling American cars. The other day, I went to a shopping center right, not more than a mile and a half from this very pulpit, I walked into that shopping center on foot, and what drove in? A lady driving one of them little German bugs, a Volkswagen they call them. Well, you and I both know the evil that Germany has wreaked upon the world. And good God feared Americans had to go and fight and live and die and give their blood. And now we're driving Volkswagens on good American soil and I tell you, it brought a lump to my throat when I thought all oh, them boys all oh, them boys that lost their lives and what for now I see them little bugs driving all over And I see by the newspapers that the Plymouth Plymouth Motor Car Company has has had to cut its it's it's output due to to the fact that that them little bugs are running all all over. And that ain't all, All not more than a week later, later. I go go into into my 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 own shell shell station. Now, I've been going to that shell station for years. And I had to wait to get my tires checked for air. Now, air is free everywhere in the world. I had to wait to get my air checked. What was ahead of me? But one of them little Japanese cars, I believe they call it a Datsun. Well, all you know, you know what Japan did to the world. Who could forget the Philippine March and all them boys under General Douglas MacArthur? And I want to tell you tonight, I take my text from Corinthians 1, chapter 4. He who doeth not for himself will have himself done unto. And so I say to you, drive them little bugs off the road. Drive them off. I say to you tonight, if you can get a Volkswagen on 441, you get it. You get it, I say to you, and the God will be right behind you. Thank you very much, and don't forget to keep them cards and letters coming in. And keep all them wonderful contributions coming in, because that's what keeps the Church of the Flaming Trumpet on the air. And this is the Reverend C.L. Hopper saying good night, and God bless every American car everywhere.
0: there was a pregnant pause and the announcer says this is W-L-N-D-C-K-Y where iron meets coal in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley stay tuned for the quilt lady who fathers in just a moment about transcription but now first a word from Tom T. Hall well you know I, I heard that I thought to myself I, George I never quite thought of it that way I never thought you know I never really it, it, it set a whole new new set of wheels to going in my head but God Himself is behind General Motors, Chrysler, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think God prefers air conditioning too, and He likes them in track speakers. Yes, sir. Wasn't that wasn't that kind of stirring? Didn't you kind of? You can see I missed my calling, right? <laughs> this is W O R New York.
1: And we're gonna lay one on you. Shopping for Her's potato chips and snack foods is a family affair because Her's has something for everyone. Potato chips, pretzels, corn chips. Everybody finds a favorite. Her's potato chips taste better because they're made naturally with no preservatives added. Invite a Her's party and picnic barrel to your next little gathering. Her's potato chips will be a welcome guest. Her's good things from the country. A dazzling, lavish new musical opened at the Palace starring sensational Joel Grey, whom Clive Barnes of the New York Times called pure gold. Jeffrey Lyons said, Good Time Charlie is a wondrous joy to behold. Broadway at its best, and Joel Grey electrifies the stage. Virgil Scudder raved, You should put Good Time Charlie on your must-see list. Pat Collins rated Joel Gray's performance as the most spectacular in many a season. Don't miss this year's big new musical, Joel Grey in Good Time Charlie at the Palace Theater.
2: Mommy and kids and grandma too, working girls give a cheer. You'll find that all the things come together right here. It's the Grand
1: Union of All. Grand Union has grand buys this week, like USDA Choice Boneless Beef, Top or Boneless Sirloin Tip Round Roast, only $1.19 a pound. And Chocolate Nuts coffee, all method grind, one pound can, only 99 cents. It's a grand union of all good things. It's refined
2: all good things. All I say
1: Can. Will Netta give in to Tonio's advances? Will Conio discover his wife's infidelity? Who is Netta's mother? Who is Netta's lover? The PBS series Great Performances presents E. Pagliacci, Leon Cavallo's colorful masterpiece of love and passion, jealousy and betrayal. Pagliacci is the story of a band of wandering actors whose lives, both on and off stage, make for some of the best drama, not to mention the best opera you'll ever see. Filmed for television at Milan's famed La Scala, the performance was conducted and directed by the great Herbert von Karajan. Don't miss E. Pagliacci. And find out how the story ends. Hollyacci is made possible by a grant from Exxon. See it Wednesday, March 19th at 9 p.m. on Channel 13. Yeah, here's a weird spot here. Have you ever felt that you could write as good an article as some of the ones
0: you read in national magazines? Well, here's your chance, buddy. Harper's Weekly is a fascinating new publication written almost entirely by its own readers. For example, a supermarket clerk uh, reveals the little tricks of this trade. A citizen tells how volunteers defeated the gambling lobby. I'll bet. Parents and children report on busing. So uh, if you'd like to write, here's your chance. Harper's Weekly will pay you $25 if your article is published, and they'll pay $10 for a clipping or a quote. So uh, even if you never contribute anything, you'll love reading the magazine. And if uh you'd like to try it, just give them a call. Uh, they'll give you the first four issues free. If you don't like it, you just keep the issues and cancel. But if you do like it, you pay $6 for the next 24 issues. Call this number, JU2-2000, right now. JU2-2000. And if you're outside of the area, call area code 212-COLLECT. JU2-2000.
1: You're going out again, Jerry? Night after night, you leave me alone and go off to God knows where. I told you, Annie, I'm in a show. It's called The Ritz. Did you see my muffler? You think I'm going to fall for that old Broadway show routine? I heard that before. Look, I'm in a show. It's
0: called The Ritz with Rita Marino and Jack Weston. Call them if you don't believe me. Where are my galoshes?
1: And have them lie for you. Oh, grow up, Jerry. Look, read the reviews. Clive Barnes said the show was hilarious. Time
0: magazine called The Ritz a comic earthquake. Where are my tap shoes?
1: You think I believe reviews like that? Nobody gets reviews like that. Who is she, Jerry?
0: She? She is a play by Terence McNally at the Longacre Theater. Call the box office. Ask them. What's the number? 246-5639.
1: Hello, Longacre Theater Is Jerry Stiller in a show there called The Ritz With Rita Marino and Jack Weston And did it get rave reviews? What? Yeah Oh, no, I don't want any tickets I got a friend in the cash Now, do you believe me?
0: Where are my mittens?
1: They're in your sleeve Pull down the string
0: The control them? is still in a state of uh, religious shock here From my uh, stirring sermon here you want to know where I learned that? You want to hear some more of those? You, you, you want to know where I learned this this uh, technique and style of delivery? It's the real thing, you know. You, you can recognize the authenticity of that. Well, I studied under Ernie the Barber. Ernie the Barber, who was the local, uh, tremendously effective, he was the local evangelist. And that we kids used to go down on, on Friday nights, Thursday and Friday nights, He had this uh, big corrugated shack, corrugated metal shack built in the uh, vacant lot there. And uh, Ernie the barber would stop being a barber uh, on those fantastic nights with the heat banging down on the top of that corrugated iron shack. And he would go in there, and he would evangel. And uh, we would all crowd in and watch him. And, of course, on the alternate uh, Saturdays, we'd go in, and he'd put the bowl on the top of our head and clip our hair. But uh, Ernie the Barber was a fantastic evangelist. And, uh, and I studied the technique of style and delivery for about uh, maybe two years. Me and Schwartz and Flick and Bruner used to have, uh, like, uh, impromptu Ernie the Barber contests where we would deliver sermons. And uh, Ernie was a notoriously successful evangelist. In fact, so much so that Ernie practically caused a riot in our neighborhood on several occasions when he got very close to, to naming who was doing the sinning in the neighborhood. I mean, you can be, you know, it's much better to be in general terms. You understand that, you are know, dating with sin. And, uh, and I studied under Ernie just the way, uh, like a friend of mine who uh, you know, grew up in New York all of his life in New York. He, uh, he went to see every play. The kid would, you know, he, every day he got a day off, he would come rushing in to the, to the students' ticket uh, uh, matinee, and he would sit up in the balcony and watch every play. So he thinks only in terms of plays. Everything is a play, and uh, he thinks of dialogue. And uh, so he'll sit—he'll sit, uh, he'll sit at, uh, at a lunch counter, and you'll say, uh, "Hi, Herb, what's going on?" He says, "Wait, sh- sh- listen to some great dialogue. He's not listening to a conversation; he's listening to dialogue. Or he'll—he'll uh, he'll walk into a garage, like one day I walk into a garage, and he looks around, he says, "Boy, look at this! What a what a set!" I said, "But Herb, this is not a set. This is an ESO station." Oh look at these great little shadows! Fantastic set! Wow! Yeah, he thinks in terms of showbiz, so he has problems. Now, most Eastern people have this problem because if you think in terms of showbiz, you think in terms of good and evil. Because all theater of pieces have good and evil; it's always a clash of good and evil. You can always tell the good guy; he's the one that survives in the end. So, if you think in terms of showbiz, you're, you're going to naturally think in terms of that all of your life. It's subtle always. But then, if you studied under people like Ernie, you think of other things. Good and evil was not quite that obvious in Ernie's uh, Ernie's sermons. So good and evil is always a thing you applaud in the theater. You feel, you know, you you relate to the good guy, right? Okay. You don't sit there and applaud Rod Steiger when he comes in with a bullwhip, you know. Hey, get up, get up up there. Come on there, boy. Come on. I'm a southern sheriff, and I was written by Lillian Hellman, so I was a mean mother. Hey, get up. Get up there, boy. Snap a wow!" You know you, you know, you don't relate to that guy. You don't cheer him, right? No way. Well, good and evil takes a very different twist if you studied under people like Ernie. And uh, all the various unofficial things that we study under when we're kids affect our ultimate outlook on life. So if a, if a kid got his original concept of morality studying uh, hour-after-hour soupy sales reruns, he's going to tend to think in terms of pies in the face. That's, uh, he really will. Uh, even when he's uh, you know, when he's a doddering old man, he, he thinks in terms of the pie in the face. And uh, if you studied under, uh, for example, uh, Neil Simon, uh, young love is always young love and it's always funny. And they always live in funny little apartments and people have funny little things. They went up and down stairs and all that. And uh, you tend to you think that way. But if you studied under Ernie, uh, Ernie the barber and his ilk, uh, sin is a very different thing, evil and good. In fact, uh, I remember a typical example of Ernie's uh, delivery. You want to hear a typical example of Ernie's delivery? Well, Ernie, this, he's got this long shed. Remember, it's a long, cor- corrugated metal shed with a, with a kind of a... It looked like a hanger, like an air, airplane hanger. And uh, it had uh, kind of like sawdust and dirt and all that stuff on the floor. And the people come. as free, see, it was free. And so they, they would go there because it was down at the end of the block. And uh, what the hell, you know, uh, bank night's not until Friday. So uh, after all, this is only Thursday. So why not go in and see Ernie? And so uh, people would crowd in there. There'd be a whole big crowd. And there would be this group of kids who really were not necessarily affected by Ernie any more than my, Fred was a, my friend Curb was affected by the death of a salesman. He studied it. He was fascinated, you know? <laughs> and so we would all go in there. Me and Schwartz and Flick and Stanley Roper and Broner, and uh, you know the whole crowd. And we would always sit over the left side, and uh, we'd wait. And uh, Ernie Ernie had uh, a couple of acolytes. at this large fat lady that would play the piano, and that uh, she would she, she provide she was like the uh, well like the pit band, uh, if you think in terms of uh, she'd play the overture, and the overture usually was uh, was a well-known hymn, like uh, for example. Uh, Oh, well, uh, rock of ages they used once in a while, but often they would say, uh, "Bringing in the sheaves. That was a good one. And uh, you knew that Ernie was really warming up that night when this lady would start to sing with her two daughters who would stand by the piano when the company had arrived and had sat down. It was hot. They were waiting for action. The lights would dim, and Ernie apparently is in the back there throwing the lights, and the lights in the house would dim, and the lights on the stage would get bright. And there would be this fat lady sitting at the piano off to the left of the stage and her two daughters. Uh, and I, I even remember the daughters, and one of, them, one of them was Doris. She was six feet two, weighed about 84 pounds, Doris. And uh, Doris and her sister, they had large noses, and they sang like they had clothespins on their noses, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, she would hit the first chords. Bum, ba-bum. And it would be pregnant pause, and then she would sing, Bring in the sheaves, bring in the sheaves. And she hit that old piano, and it would echo throughout the hall. Everybody sitting there watching, <coughs> you know, people coughing, because they want to get to the main act. You know, it's like, you notice when people at the theater they they, they cough and they walk around during the overture, they wait. See, and then the lights the lights would go down, and you'd hear off stage this fantastic voice, tremendous delivery, and it would echo throughout this tin corrugated place. He knew how to bounce those. Those phrases right off the roof, man, to get the best echo effect. You'd hear offstage in the darkness.
2: Are you listening? Are you listening, God? I'm waiting for sign, Are you listening tonight? I'm listening for signs! Oh, I hear you now. I hear you. I know you're listening now.
0: And the lights would come on, and there, standing in the middle of the stage, would be Ernie with his white shirt ripped open. He had his shirt all the way down. He had a black vest on, and his red face would look out over the audience. He had these blue eyes, and he had a sort of a kind of a close cut blonde haircut. He'd look over the audience like a snake. No smiles, nothing. He'd look all over the audience for a long time. Everybody sitting there watching, and then Ernie would begin. He would begin slow. You see, he built it. He never, he never blew his first line right away. He built it slowly. Oh, I'm here tonight.
2: Man who is saddened by what he sees around him. And I know that a lot of you feel that way. I know it. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your face. Everywhere I look, I see despair. I see people out here tonight who have not had a moment of joy in their life for many, many years. And I see despair and misery. And I see people clutching at all kinds of things. I see people going in and out of Flick's Tavern every night drinking beer. I see them going down to the Bluebird, And I see them going in and out of the pool room and whatever they're looking for they're looking, they're looking for something to clean dude, something to give something them happiness happenings. something to give something them just happenings. a little bit of moment of joy in their life and why? why I ask you why well I'll tell you why Because joy comes not from without, but it comes from within the man himself. And where does that come from within the man? I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the scriptures. It comes from the Lord. And tonight... Tonight before you turn on that radio of yours To sit and listen to all them songs And them people singing and dancing Why don't you say to yourself tonight I will forego them worldly pleasures And they're not really pleasures, friends Because they're making you more unhappy all the time I want you to say to yourself I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think about My fellow man and the Ten Commandments And you will find The joy will begin creeping into your soul and you will leap up and you will say, Hallelujah, I know the word. Now, I don't like to get personal here tonight because all of us are friends. We all got to live together, but right now, right now, I see you, right among you, I see you. I can see the cloven hoof of the devil. It's got his mark on the forehead of almost every one of you I see, and I can see that devil whipping his tail over you. Now, you don't know he's doing that, but I can see it from right up here.
0: I mean and Schwartz and Flick and Bruner are sitting there you know waiting to see what he's going to do you know how he's, how he's going to end this thing where do you go from there well Ernie was never caught off base he would look around the audience at that moment with the cloven hoof of the devil and that tail snapping in the air and he would pause and he would stride up and down the stage looking up into the light and then he would begin in a low voice. I want all of you right now to look into the face of your neighbor. Go ahead, go ahead, right now. Look to the person to your right. You take his hand and you say, Neighbor, I'm here and I'm wallowing in sin. You do it right now and see what,
2: what it feels like. Just try it. And then when you do that, I want you to do this. I want you to say, the devil is not going to get me the devil will not get me tonight tonight I will not tune in Ben Crosby tonight I will not sit there and listen to all them dance bands on the radio you say that to yourself and I want you to take a deep breath right now take a deep breath good oh, breathe in deep breathe in deep what are you smelling you smell that in the air that's brimstone that's the smell of evil that's the smell of the fire furnace And now, Sister Esmeralda will pass among you, and she will pass out the hymnals, and we will begin to sing. And when we sing, I want you to stand up on your feet, and I want you to sing out with a clear voice and a clear conscience. You have faced the devil. You have faced the evil, and you have heard the sound of them cloven hoofs, and you have seen that that porky tail. As I stand up here, I want to say to you, I can hear you off stage now, the voice of the heavenly angels saying, I forgive them, I forgive them. Do you hear it yourself? Listen carefully, you can hear it. you hear that sound? That may sound like you, to you, the sound of an electric fan moving away in the back of the stage, but that's not. That's the humming voices of the heavenly angels saying, We forgive them, for they know not how they sin. They know not what they do. And now Sister Esmeralda will pass among you with our collection basket, and we will sing, and we will join in communion.
0: study into that for a couple of couple of years you studied you studied a master let, let Lawrence Olivier try that <laughs> that is not the Archbishop of Canterbury and that's not even Norman Vincent Peale and then, then at that point you want to hear what Ernie would do then at that point no Ernie would he would he would rip off his, his vest sweat pouring down and he would start swinging it around and he would say, Get away from me, devil, get away! I've got you on the run now! And he would go running off stage, chasing the devil right out of the right out of the joint. We're sitting there goggle <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, this, this 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 is the kind of performing that when you studied into this now I'm talking about a technique of performance. I'm not talking about a philosophy of good and evil and bad and right and wrong. It was a kind of performing very special type and those who attempt to fake it are faking it <laughs> do I do that well huh I missed my calling didn't I oh yeah yeah I tell you that uh, that uh, that that kind of performing that uh, that whole mystique of course you see I think theater is very important to anybody uh, it's 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 a it's a kind of theater and you don't think for a minute that a person going out of a Broadway Play. It's about good and evil. Marat Sade. Uh, <laughs> the death of a salesman. Yeah, it doesn't affect his life ultimately. He doesn't change his ways just because Arthur Miller wrote a play about it. He's entertained. He thinks about it. He goes home, knocks together a pastrami sandwich, knocks down a, maybe a ballantine. And uh, by the next week, it's just a matter of conversation. Well, that's don't take these things too seriously. Don't think that because a guy is sitting in the in in the middle of a congregation there and he's watching this fantastic performance, that he's really being affected by it. I mean, he's digging it. That's <laughs> very different. He's digging the scene, and uh, he goes out and he says, well, you know, not some people are, but very few. Uh, he'll go out and he'll say, my God, that's great. Did you see the way Ernie danced? Did you see the way he walked over and he took a kick there at that piano? Uh, he's getting better all the time. <laughs> well, uh, now that, that that kind of performance is it's a very special time. And when I heard this guy, I'm driving along at night uh, in this southern road at 4 o'clock in the morning, way down on the birdie end of the radio dial, and I heard him giving his ringing oration about the evil that is inherent in foreign cars, I recognized the guy who had also studied under the Ernie School of Performing. And uh, there's, there's a certain kind of a ring to the voice. Words are said a certain way, for example. Uh, you, 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 the Broadway theater uh, uses what they call standard American English. There's a kind of pronunciation and enunciation of words that uh, is actorese, well, if a, if, a, if a guy performing in the Ernie school came up and didn't pronounce his words correctly, he would be looked upon as a second-rate performer. Now, how, how are the words pronounced? For example, there's certain words that are only pronounced a certain way. Here's a classic example. There's one word that is never pronounced God. It's pronounced God. I hear tonight the voice of God. That has to be pronounced correctly. You notice the, 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 proper, the proper use of the phrase? Uh, and and uh, certain, <laughs> certain other words are, are key words in this uh, type of performing, you know, the, the enunciation, the delivery, the drive, the build. Uh, the, the, uh, and uh, some have more talent than others. Uh, talent, of course, is a cruel, a very cruel, undemocratic quality. Pace, it sets the pace of the performance. And uh, Ernie was a natural. In fact, Ernie moved down into the big time shortly thereafter, and by the way, is now on the National Circuit. Uh, oh, yes, Ernie's doing very well. I I, I used another name, incidentally. It's a, his name really wasn't Ernie, but he's on the National Circuit, and he's famous. He appears on television quite often here in New York City, and uh, still has that great ringing voice, although I noticed one thing, he wears a tie now when he works. Of course, that's... Uh, uh, he's uh, bowing to convention there a bit. he's out on the big time circuit now wears a tie and uh, he <laughs> has his hair a little longer he's got a nice big mop of hair but that same, that same burning intensity in the eye that same striding out that, that, that look of great confidence I see everywhere I look now I see it, I see sin I see degradation out there and I want to tell all of you that you are not beyond redemption it just takes one moment where you say to yourself, "I'm willing to accept my, I'm willing to accept my role as a sinner, and I'm going to do different, Lord." You uh, know, it's uh, he ain't changed at all. You like my technique? You never see me do that, have you? My God, by George! I wonder how many guys are tuning across the dial, and all of a sudden they
1: <laughs> they heard the word. Uh, let's let's do a couple of commercials here. Speaking of the word. Which high-potency vitamin do physicians and pharmacists recommend most? Theragran and Theragran M with minerals by Squibb. The name Squibb on the label means that you have no doubt about the honor or integrity of the maker. And right now, you can take advantage of a great special offer. Buy 100 Theragran or Theragran M tablets at the regular price and get 30 extra tablets at no extra cost. 30 free when you buy 100. That's a month's supply for one person, but the offer's limited. So get your Theragran by Squibb now. It's the brand physicians and pharmacists recommend most for mixed vitamin deficiencies. Available at all fine neighborhood Genovese drugstore outlets. Come on, let's go. Give us a show. Blow by
2: blow.
1: The lieutenant, a brilliant new rock musical, says Emory Lewis, the surprise hit of the season.
2: And now no wonder he's confused. He did that day, he to he would the New York Times calls the Lieutenant a fiercely stimulating musical that catches fire immediately. Well, maybe you're right. Perhaps I'll join up to fight and see a little bit of the world. And if my luck runs good, I'll meet a life nice girl. The Long Island Press says if you never see another play, you must see the Lieutenant. You up
1: in all the latest style, and off you go to the the Now at the Lyceum Theater, good seats still available at the box office and Ticketron. Credit cards accepted. Are you interested in vitamins containing natural source ingredients? There is a broad line of Squib vitamins containing these natural source ingredients called Golden Bounty, now available in your area. The Squib name is important when you buy vitamins because you want a name you can trust. Squib has marketed vitamin products since 1875, so you make an investment in confidence when you buy Squib vitamins. Golden Bounty vitamins containing natural source ingredients include wheat germ oil, cod liver oil, brewer's yeast, protein tablets and powder in assorted strength and sizes. Certain other Golden Bounty products are for use only in vitamin deficiencies. Some contain man-made and natural source ingredients. See product labels, Golden Bounty Vitamins, naturally good. Check your Squib Vitamin Headquarters at your local pharmacy or department store drug section. It's great fun for everyone. The all-new New York Sports and Vacation Show, starting Wednesday, March 19th through Sunday the 23rd at the New York Coliseum. You'll see the newest sports, fishing, hunting, and camping equipment, plus exciting new vacation ideas and the latest in recreational vehicles. Lots of fun-filled entertainment. Meet stars of the Jets and Giants football teams, hosted by TV Outdoorsman Joe DeFalco. Wrestle with Victor the Bear. Play ping-pong with a national champion. Fish for live trout. You'll also thrill to exciting trampoline and high-wire acts and enjoy travel and sports films. Great exhibits, too, like Ithaca Gun, Shakespeare Fishing Tackle, Coleman Camping Equipment, Walt Disney World, and see TWA's Shoot the Colorado River Display. Bring your camera. Your photos may win valuable prizes from Willoughby Peerless. So come on out to the fabulous DCA all-new New New York sports and vacation show at the New York Coliseum starting March 19th through the 23rd. See you there. Have you ever felt that you could write as good an article as some of the
0: ones you read in national magazines? Well, here's your chance, buddy. Harper's Weekly is a fascinating new publication written almost entirely by its own readers. For example, a supermarket clerk uh, reveals the little tricks of this trade. The Citizen tells how volunteers defeated the gambling lobby. I'll bet. Parents and children report on busing. So uh, if you'd like to write, here's your chance. Harper's Weekly will pay you $25 if your article is published, and they'll pay $10 for a clipping or a quote. So uh, even if you never contribute anything, you'll love reading the magazine. And if uh you'd like to try it, just give them a call. Uh, They'll give you the first four issues free. If you don't like it, you just keep the issues and cancel. But if you do like it, you pay $6 for the next 24 issues. Call this number, JU2-2000, right now. JU2-2000. And if you're outside of the area, call area code 212-COLLECT. JU2-2000.
2: We're sure, we're sure, we're sure at Shopwell.
1: Passover, time to celebrate the joys of freedom. As we approach the Passover holiday, Shopwell wants to wish their friends, neighbors, and customers the happiest of holidays. The spirit of Passover is a joyous one, the celebration of a people's liberty and freedom from bondage. It is a celebration that has been observed for thousands of years, and it has a special significance for us today. Let us all pause a moment and give thanks for the unique blessing of being a free people. Shopwell wants to wish everyone all the joys of freedom. Have a nice holiday. This week's spend less specials are U.S. government inspected yearling fowl, whole, three and a half to four pounds, average thirty-nine cents per pound. Del Monte peaches, twenty-nine ounce can, forty-nine cents. The you know, uh, uh, I I uh,
0: I just wonder what uh, what some guy tuning across. I always think of this. I really don't. To be honest with you, I don't really always think of it. I do occasionally. Uh, of Some guy driving along out in the boondock someplace and he's got a radio in his car and he's uh, tuning across the dial and all of a sudden he hears me say the following. And I say, all these little French cars and all these bugs
2: are the work of the devil.
0: I just wonder what he thinks. Does he think he suddenly run across some kind of a really true religious fanatical nut? And for years afterwards, he's going to tell people about this nut that he heard on the radio that was uh, saying that evil is uh, in the foreign car and God is behind the maverick? I uh, think, <laughs> you know, just little things. I'll tell you this. I have had a couple of experiences myself. One time I was driving out on a Jersey Turnpike. And the car I was in busted down, broke down. And it just happened to be one of those nights when my show was on tape. And I got out of the car, and a guy picked me up and took me all the way to exit 8. And we sat in the car and listened to my show coming out of the radio, and he didn't know who I was. I'm just sitting on the front seat there, see? And he's got my show on. He keeps laughing me. and me. I says, oh, look at this guy. Well, you know, this guy's got a line of bull. I'll tell you. You hear this guy? I said, no, who is it? Gates on huh? uh, W.R., his name is uh, uh, Alan Shepard something, I think he's the astronaut or something like that, uh, no, Gene Ray, but no, uh, I, he's just kind of a nut, you know, I sit here around, wow he, and we sat, and I said, hey, let me listen to it, see what he says, and I hear this great story, and the guy's laughing, funny, I said, you don't believe that stuff, do you? <laughs> what kind of stuff is this? Why don't you get somebody with some good music, like Cousin Brucey, something like that. Is you
2: Cousin Brucey, Ted? I, I, if, you, if I'd have known you as a cousin Bruce, find I wouldn't have, would have picked you up.
0: That's all right. Yeah. Everybody's got a thing on. We rode along and talked about this terrible show that he heard on the air. So you never know, friends. Out in the darkness, the fingers of fate are quietly reaching for the brambles of existence. And the devil is flicking his forked tail over you. And the mark of the cloven hoof and the smell of the brimstone is everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, W.O.R. New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation.